stay fly, stay fly. Stay we fly. have more power than we think we have. We just gotta aggregate our internal um, and immaterial ingenuity and spiritual capital. It's like they want to put us on front street. They want to degrade us and bring us down. And who's the pimp? Who got the attention? Who got people to show up? Who got? Who got who's the pimp in this situation? That would be my question. Who's really pimping? Who's running games? You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Varner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. All right, and we're live. It's time for another great episode of Get On Code. Fly Guy Show, Get On Code. The Fly Guy Show, where we have a... Uh, great series of conversations about things that deal with melanated people and our particular situations. So we have a really great panel today with us. We're going to have a lot of great fun. We're dealing with the concept of booty to the poles. And secondarily, we're going to be dealing with this bigger than hip-hop. It's bigger than hip-hop, as Dead Prez used to say, or most famously said. Um, So I want to give a little quick disclaimer. I want to give a little quick disclaimer. So we're not talking about a crayon color. We're not talking about hair texture. We're not talking about a city, a state, a country, a national origin. We're not talking about legal status. We use the term black. All right. We're not. And if we use the term African-American, we're simply saying an American citizen of some level, not necessarily entirely of African descent. So I know we're going to have some of the people who tap in and say, uh, you ain't a crayon color. We know that. We're not, we're not silly. Alright, up on the platform for the first time is the Mam- Mamba Titi. I said it right this time. The Mamba Titi. What's up, Queen DeLorean? I mean, let's go. I, you know what? I love this girl, y'all. So, I'm, I'm going to say some really uh, saluting things about it. But, uh, the Mamba Titi, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about you, tell us a bit about your name, and let's go ahead. Sure. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here and to be a part of these transformative conversations. Uh, my name is Delorean Olivia Davis, but I'm also known as the Mamba Titi, or people more personally call me D-Lo. Um, just depends on where you know me from. Um, I'm a queer, black entrepreneur, scholar, and performer. Um, I majored in Africana Studies at William & Mary, and I have since gotten my Master's of Education and human development and college student affairs administration from UGA. Um, so I'm always having these conversations, always like to be a part of them. I'm really big on diversity as a strength and putting our different perspectives together as a strength and um, not something that tears us or divides us. Um, so I'm interested to see where the conversation is going to go today and to also add my two cents. All right, that's what's up. And next, uh, look, we got the the most important couple in the room, the power couple. We have King and Queen, Queen and King Phoenix. I had juxtaposed it to make sure everybody got equal standing. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. So, yo, QP, uh, what's good? Tell us about your podcast. 
Hey, yes, I am so glad to be here tonight. Uh, my podcast, we're all about flaming up, which is now just triggering that flame that's on the inside of you, that deep-rooted dream that's been there, that burning desire. We're all about igniting that fire with inside and getting you to flame up, to transform into the phoenix that you've always been called and meant to be. So tune in. My podcast is awesome. It's very good. It gives people inspiration and inspires you to really chime to find out the inner power that's within you and help you unleash it. All right. Hey, uh, Brother King, you got anything you want to add to what your wife just said? Hey, I just want to say um, I'm, I'm the business side of this. Uh, we, As you know, brother, we've been um, in business for over 50, uh, almost 15 years, uh, helping people finance, getting them right, all that money, getting all the money tight. As as we said last time, and I appreciate you, brother, we're uh, we going to get that black pack going, man. We're going to be uh, getting that rolling. Um, but, hey, our business is, uh, is there to help people with their business, uh, both to get that going, finance, accounting, all that kind of good stuff. Also on the personal side, helping you build your your wealth on your personal side. And been, again, been doing that for over 15 years. So um, look forward to helping you out in the future. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And coming back on the platform, I think this is his third time with us. Is the good brother Bashiri. Bashiri, what's good, man? Say your words, bro. Say your piece. Give us your measure. Hey, what's going on, family? Love you guys. I come to you in love, peace, and confrontation. It's the podcast dealing with everything and all things uh, black empowerment, economic liberation. And we just do it because we got passion for our people for no other reason. That's it. All right, short and sweet, short and sweet. Good brother Bashiri. And as you can see here, he has a podcast. You can also catch him on Facebook, IG. You can catch him on Tweet. You know, he's uh, he's definitely doing some things. And I'm your friend in financial freedom. If you're looking for credit repair, tax resolution, debt consolidation, or private money lending for real estate investors, give me a holler. That's how we pay for this platform, okay? All right, enough of the commercials. With one last sponsor, we want to shout out Tally and Twine. If you're looking for a high-quality watch, if you want a nice, high-quality watch, and... It's owned by us. This is F-U-B-U, uh, what, F-U-B-U, For Us, By Us, <laughs> Black Owned, and, yeah, um, Tally and Twine, high quality watches. Check them out on tallyandtwine.com. This is on the heels of our groundbreaking work with studying Ice Cube's contract with Black America. You can find that on this channel. We also did a nice deep dive into Black Lives Matter, Lack of political agenda. Once again, Black Lives Matter has political interests in the United States of America. They do not have a true political agenda. We do salute them for the things they're doing. Hip-hop salute. We also want to salute ADOS 101. The ADOS 101 Black Agenda I think is pretty impressive. I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, just for those who are unaware, ADOS or American descendants of slaves deal with those whose ancestors were enslaved in the United States of America, including African and Native Blacks who suffered American Reconstruction, Jim Crow, and the Civil Rights struggle. When we talk about ADOS or foundational Blacks, we're talking about lineage. We're not necessarily talking about if somebody's Black or not, you know. All right. We also dealt with Blyden's. <laughs> I saw it Blyden's because it was Blight. It was uh, his lack or his ploy for black Americans. That's one of our great videos. And last week we dealt with their ploys. We looked at Joe Biden's plan. We looked at Donald Trump's plan. And like King Queen and uh, King Queen Phoenix both said, 
we really need to deal with ourselves because they don't really bring anything to the table. All right. So uh, check out our information on our YouTube channel right here, Our Black Improvement. And with that, let's get into uh, Booty to the Polls. What's the real mess age or message of Booty to the Polls? Brother Bashiri, man. Ah. In our last conversation, you kind of ended by saying that they're trying to get us to the polls like codes. Am I correct? That is correct, my good friend. All right, yes, so what did you think when you saw this, bro? What did you think when you saw this? Um, let me just first say that I, I'm very exhausted and exasperated from the consistent ways these politicians and the likes thereof continue to play in our face. You know what I mean? And um, they try to appeal, uh, and very condescendingly so, might add. They try to appeal to these cultural cues in our community. And uh, for whatever reason, we, we buy it. You know, we have been duped because, uh, who is it? Uh, Clinton played the saxophone. <laughs> His wife uh, carries hot sauce in her purse. Um, <laughs> Biden has to lift every voice plan, right? Um, uh, oh, my God. More recently, Kamala Harris, she's rolling her eyes and popping her neck. And everybody's like, oh, did you see her? Give it to Pence. I'm like, yo, this is nothing. It doesn't mean anything in terms of the deconstruction of white supremacy and the liberation of the economic interests of black people. It, it, you know, and we are bought and sold um, for emptiness. It's really nothing, you know what I mean? Uh, black people are being bought and sold for holidays and neck popping and eye rolling and hot sauce in persons and <laughs> booty to the poles. <laughs> it's just another insult, right? And a barrage of insults to the collective intelligence of our community, man. And so now they're tapping into um, the strip culture. And they're using that to kind of be exploitative and uh, wooing, I guess, uh, members of our community to get to the polls. But uh, I think what's indicative even of the the imagery and the language is that they're telling you outright what they think of you. You're a hoe um, and you can be bought and we're going to encourage you to see yourself as such and get in there and, and pull up some levers and not really get anything substantive, not really get anything uh, concrete, no tangibles, no deliverables, no real metrics, no real power. You know what I mean? Just a bunch of feel goods, just a, a bunch of empty rhetoric. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh. A, 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 a placebo kind of effect. No real panacea, no real healing, no real remedies for the problems that are pervasive in our communities. Just, oh, somebody can relate to me culturally. And they're singing a song and it's a bop. You know what I mean? And it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe and we're not getting anything. You know what I mean? All we're getting is the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Woo! If only rhythm could translate into something that would be economically relevant. But it doesn't. And we, I don't know 
uh, if we've gotten that across the board yet. But I'm going to stop there. I'm going to, you know. All right, good. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, as you see on the page, getyourbootytothepole.com. That's the website for the initiative. It's not just a video. It's actually, they have a, they have a Twitter page. They have an IG page. They have a Facebook page. And it's an initiative to get us to vote. Um, to get us to vote. Uh, King Phoenix, what are your thoughts on this, man? When you saw Get Your Booty to the Polls, what were your thoughts, bro? Well, okay. So first thing, I saw this video, right? I'm like, what, what in the world? So first thing, you sent it to us, and I, I was like, okay. I thought it was a joke at first. I didn't know that was for real, for real. And you just said it was like a whole movement behind it. So I was like, what? what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so first thing, right, basically... If you're looking at this, you have to say, who are they reaching out to and why are they why are they reaching out to this group? So I, I really going to be uh, um, to, to be honest, um, I'm not in that culture. I'm not going to the polls. I mean, to the to the strip clubs and just doing that. So my thing is, is this actually going out to that? Is it and who's seeing this and what is the whole purpose behind it? Now, let's just think of it, for someone to come on and, and to say, hey, People who go to, to, to seeing this, I mean, and this is the ladies doing their thing um, on the polls and doing it. I mean, they're they're performing, right? And um, I'm like, like, what message is this? And why would you why would you do it? I just was lost. I'll be honest. I'm my first thing. I was just completely lost. Um, I, I'm, I'm like, this is a it's it's sad actually. Uh, parts of this is completely sad that. You have to do this now. Um, so I was in our conversation. We're gonna have to talk about who's behind this, right? Because as you play this, is like who's behind this particular video, and what what's the message behind that? So I, I I really, as we keep going, we're gonna have to talk about that. But I, I was I was shocked. I was uh I was shocked by it, and shocked that this is actually a movement, man. Um, we could talk about some things though about this. I can place the devil advocate. I could come back around and say, "Hey, some of these people in, in, that's going to the poll, um, to that poll, are they participating in our in our struggle in our struggle to to get better, right? As our people, and maybe this is is this something to to actually um, take on, on another side and reach out to that? But that's a whole nother discuss, you know, as we talk. But um, yeah, that was that was crazy. I just being honest, that was crazy. I, I couldn't, I didn't believe it. I still yeah, don't believe it. Really, earlier, as I stated earlier, they have a IG page, they have a Facebook page, and they have a Twitter account. And if you go to getyourbootytothepoll.com, how do you get your booty to the poll? It's easy as one, two, three. Register to vote, research, download a sample ballot, learn what's on it. And this, this happened in Atlanta. No, I'm sorry. This happened in Georgia. So it wasn't just for... Um, it's primarily in Georgia. But uh, vote early. Then you can follow them online. And these are some of the IG pictures. Even had Judge Joe Brown in there. That, I thought that was intriguing. Um, uh, some of these, you know... <laughs> I'm on an Instagram page now. So yeah. Uh, so Gabby, this is real. This is real. Last day to register to vote is October 5th. And that was in, I can't tell you which uh, which state that was. Oh, okay. That was in Ohio and Iowa. So 
early voting. This is their IG page. This is a real initiative. Uh, of course, one of my favorite topics, qualified immunity. <laughs> um, and, and, and the videos are actually, uh, yeah, I did watch them all. <laughs> I did watch them all. Um, so, Queen Phoenix, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Booty to the my thoughts as soon My thoughts as soon as I saw it is that our community has accepted the fact that America constantly pimp us out. And you are accepting the fact that America is our pimp. And when are we going to get sick and tired of it? That, that was my first thought. Every time it comes down to our community, they relate it somehow or another, especially for our African-American queens. It's like they want to put us on front street. They want to degrade us and bring us down and feel like that. that's the way to get the attention of our community. When is it going to get to the point that they stop exploiting us African-American women and when are our brothers going to stop accepting it? I mean, that was even the main thing when it came down to slavery. At one point in time, they only took men, but then they saw how valuable the African-American women was when they started bringing us over because they said, hey, they can make more of property because that's what they looked at us as. And they started pimping us out. And it's like any time that a something happens to the African-American woman, which is that's where our kings come from, our wound, is like it causes the women to fight more for us. So it's like we're constantly fighting. We're fighting for our kings when they when they degrade you guys and put you guys down. Then we have to fight for ourselves and we're still fighting for our children. So the question is, who is going to now step in and start standing up and fighting for the African-American sisters? Because we're fighting for everybody else. I always tell people, I said, maybe that's just the blood that's in the African-American queens that we are warriors. Because no matter what, you're going to see us somewhere on the front line fighting for somebody. And it's to the point that we need to now find someone who's going to step up and fight for us and say enough is enough on exploiting our queens and thinking that that's what's going to get the attention of our community to get us to now go out here and vote for a bunch of mess. We're sick and tired of being pimped out. Stop pimping us out. <sighs> sick and tired of getting pimped out. Uh, and so is this pimping when they're saying, hey, we want you to vote so much that we teamed up with local filmmakers to help get our message out to you. Uh, we had a good brother who tapped in and stated that it's not for everyone. It's focusing on a certain crowd, the crowd that is not being reached by, you know, the type of work that we're doing. So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Delora? What are your thoughts, Delora? Um, so just so I'm clear, this was made by the actual women in the video. Yeah, uh, girl uh, these uh, a, a group of people came together, and uh, if you go through the information on the website, it kind of gives you more details. I know it, it helps you get registered to vote. It takes two minutes. Uh, let's see. Meet the dancers. You got a chance to meet the dancers. Um, you know, very attractive women. I'll put it that way. 
Um, and so in the middle of the pandemic, while what they go into their story right here. So this is this was a real deal. This was a real deal. Yes. Right. To answer your question. I just want to make sure they're not officially associated with one of the presidential campaigns. Because um, that's kind of like, I guess, I think I started to feel like I was understanding that from some of the earlier responses. But now that we made that distinction, um, my thoughts on it are, especially following WAP by Cardi B and Nicki Minaj, which has been a cultural phenomenon. What about this isn't female and black resistance, authenticity, and ownership. That's where I'm at. Um, I think that it's easy to say that other people can control the black woman's narrative, but I think this is a very raw piece of black women controlling their own narrative. If they are Atlanta strippers, and this is what they do for a living, and there's nothing wrong with that, and they're reaching out to their audience or to a certain audience that this appeals to, then I'm not going to look down on that as another black woman. Um, I think also it's difficult for us as black Americans, African Americans, whatever you identify as people of the diaspora to unlearn very white and Western structures. And I'm trying my best not to look at this as such. I thought it was a very creative way to reach out to people, especially a younger generation especially a generation that is used to having autonomy at a very young age and experiencing being their authentic self. So that's really where I'm at. I don't think it's anybody else's business to say what a black woman should be doing with her body. If this is how somebody wants to protest and resist the system and get people out to participate, then what's wrong with that? That's where I'm at. I think people can have a lot of assumptions about what it is they're doing, but I think that's all coded with bias. Interesting, 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 interesting. So based on what you're just saying, D-Lo, <laughs> these were participants who decided this is what they wanted to do and they weren't being pimped. They were actually making choices. Is that what I'm getting from you? That that we may be looking at it from a pimp and hoe because Who's the pimp? Who got the attention? Who got people to show up? Who's the pimp in this situation? That would be my question. Who's really pimping? Who's running game? Is it them? Was that the goal? Can I say something right here, right? Uh, I was saying I was going to come up a little bit of a devil advocate. Uh, that's it, Coach. Was that is a is, is this a this approach is approaching people kind of like what that brother said? A group of people who that normally is not involved with the process. Um, now, right? This is a group of people who are probably not normally voting. They're going to a different poll than we we're talking about normally, right? So <laughs> this is the thing, right? If you're right, well, want to reach that group of people, if you, if you reach. Uh, well, I mean, they uh, well, well, that's an assumption why they're doing this particular video. I mean, if they were already at the polls of our uh, what we're talking about, you want to do this particular video to re- you're reaching for people who is not normally at that poll, right? That you're reaching for people to vote to to register for vote. So if they not because this is the only way they're gonna get that message. I mean, I, I, I'm being completely uh, looking at them at the, as the, as the strippers if they did it. 
and the strippers did it and nobody else did it. They say, hey, we're going to come together to get people to sign up. And they're not uh, advocating for any political party. They're going for a group of people who are not normally at the not normally voting. And, and, and let's be honest, there's a large part of our uh, population that they they're, they're focused on entertainment and they're not focused on, you know, um, things like voting or politics or so on. And that's with any group. So that's just I mean, that's how I look at it. So if they're doing that is their concept. Well, I got rolling on there. Anyway, that's their concept of doing that. I, I have to say there's some there's some there's some validation to that to reach out to a group of people who never get reached out to for politics. I might not I might disagree with it per se, right? But I mean I, I'm saying there's there's some validation to that. There's some things that can be honorable that you could say that. Now um my, my, now I want I, I you know Seka, I told you my daughter saw it, all right, uh, and we showed it to her, and um, my wife and my daughter talked, have a little bit of talk to it. But I mean, the first step is if 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 we have a group of people who want to be in the political process or dealing with the challenges that we're facing, and then making this video on their own, it's nothing wrong with that. I, I I don't see a hard problem with that. I might disagree with what the message is sending a little bit, but I don't have a hard problem with that. It's, it's, but now it's, it's like, what can we do to help them get to a higher level in my opinion? Yeah, because if, if you look at it, it's going to capture whatever audience is going to capture. And again, if you said that they were the actual ones who put it together, this was their choice, this is what they're putting out, then again, you uh, it goes back to what message they're trying to send and what audience they're kind of they're trying to captivate. And I agree with what King was saying that at this time it's actually reaching those people who normally don't vote, people who not even registered. I know even when it came down to uh, my kids, if one of my boys would have saw that video and they wasn't registered to vote, I, I guarantee they probably would have voted. Or not voted, but at least registered to vote. You know, which is one of the key things that we definitely want is people to, even if they're not going to vote, at least get registered. Okay, but one of the things that I have to say that we have been talking about this year and voting with all of our kids. And one of my sons actually said that he was not going to vote because he felt like that it was the 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 worst uh, is the bad and the bad. You know, he said, hey, we, we have two races people that we're voting that we have to vote for and he was like so due to the fact that he wasn't voting and I was trying to talk him out of it to try to tell him the importance and putting his voice in he's like but mom even if I put it out there that's not saying that my voice is going to be heard and he was like and so what I get it our ancestors fought for us to have this choice but he said again it's a choice and he said and it's going to see how we're going to benefit from it so you know, I get it right now that even our young people are even saying or have the same viewpoint as Bashar was showing was sharing before that it's like, what are we going to get out of this, and what are they doing to actually get our vote? And I'm seeing that a young, a young a youth are really thinking this through before they just throw in or just have a vote. All right, all right, that, that's that's intriguing. I do think that. What you said, Lauren, kind of changed the direction of the conversation. And I, I'm wondering, is that because your generation is dealing with a different consciousness 
than maybe some of the previous generations. Now, Bashiri, you two aren't too far from each other in age. So, but you seem to be on two different spectrums, bro. So now that you heard her measure, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's, it's a complex conversation. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not black and white. It's a lot of layers. There are um, subtle, unique nuances um, and moving parts to the conversation at hand. Um, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a lot of things. One, I'm thinking of how we're socialized um, with respect to our life options, with respect to um, the uh, information that's inundated in our communities. You mentioned consciousness. Um, I think what really has to be um, put into perspective is that we're not born into a vacuum, right? We're born into uh, socio-historical, economic, political uh, circumstances um, that preceded us that we did not have a choice um, uh, coming into, you know what I mean? And then uh, what's intriguing about the human experience is that now we have to use our creative ingenuity and intentionality to engage with um, social, psychodynamic, political uh, constructs uh, that were not of our own volitional capacity. And so there's all of that going on, right? And then you have uh, just a confluence of messaging that comes through the uh, mass media arm of white supremacy. You can't take out the fact that uh, specific to our community, we're dealing with white supremacy, we're dealing with hegemony, um, we're dealing with uh, institutional racism. And so when we're talking about making choices uh, and we have all of these things that kind of uh, inform you know, the nature of the choices that we can make. Uh, how free is that endeavor of choice making? When we look at our sisters here uh, who we are saying are making the choice to make this video um, with all of those influences that would inform the apparent choice that's being made meaning uh, for a lot of us our life choices in terms of economics is really dictated to us on the basis of being uh, part and parcel or uh, really the uh, victims of, oppress uh, of oppressive economics so we don't really have men Okay, we went. Uh, you went mute there for a second, your brother. Michelle. I know my wife was buzzing in. I'm going to get her back in a second. We don't have any choices in that <laughs> sense. To degree, to the degree that um, she was saying, "Hurry up!" Many, many, I know many of the life options um, have been crafted right and have been socially engineered by our enemies. You know what I mean? So we might not even have. Um, the uh, volitional capacity to choose in an in authentic sense. You know what I mean? 
because we're engaging again in ways and with respect to conditions um, that we did not choose. That's on a that's that's biologically, that's sociologically, that's politically, that's economically, um, all of the above. So, with respect to what my sister was saying, and I'm, I'm gonna close here, um, where um, she's not willing to denigrate what we're seeing here with the Get Your Booty to the Polls campaign because maybe these women have made the choice according to their own volitional discretion to produce what we've seen, right? And I think she said something that, that was interesting to me where, where it was like they are contemporaneously resisting and participating, which I thought was interesting because to somebody like me, um, my resistance to the system or the political machine is not to participate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is to critique it and to find other ways um, to utilize my uh, energetic intentionality that would be uh, more profitable for our collective economic interests. So I, I'm interested in hearing how uh, you can hold the two in tandem to participate and to resist coterminism. Wow, you pulled out the whole dictionary on us, bro. <laughs> I'm I'm a geek, man. I'm a nerd, but you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I, I guess the last point, um, Brother Mark says that you know we cause our own division by criticizing our own. The black Christians against black Muslims, black Dems against black Republicans, and he's saying come together for common interests. Come together. Um, do you think it was effective? Do you think it could be effective? I know we just kind of found out about it. I have to admit, you know, I thought, yeah. Seiko, I, I'm just going to say this, right, real quickly. That is a group of people that have a workplace, right? If we had, if we looked at that um, and we saw um, black uh, 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 a, a union workers from, from, um, you know, would we have said anything about it for for them to did something and say go out and get your vote or if we had saw uh, 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 black police officers or if we saw black um, yeah, so these are just black strippers that say hey go and get something go get your vote out um, now you I mean you give me if you give I mean, me we a, could have a black gangsters country. come together and say hey look go get your vote out I don't know I mean that's a group that's a work group um, we could pull them together too I mean like you know I mean get the Crips get the Bloods get them get them all having their get the vote out actually and that's not necessarily bad right it's but that's what that was hey I'm just saying the uh, the performer named Imani did catch my attention so if I wasn't a voter already I might be a lot more intrigued on you know, checking out this voting thing because I wouldn't suspect that people like Imani would be at the voting polls. Mm-hmm. All right, so <laughs> with that being said, in the video, they had a great message. Yeah, in the video, they had a great message. But one of the things that I was looking at, even from one of our brothers who uh, chimed in here, he said that their whole purpose was to reach the black man demographic. So my thing is, why do people think to reach our kings, it takes 
put you know putting us on the stage like that and even as, if it's by choice and i noticed that we have a routine of that when it comes down to Black women, we feel like that, hey, we have to do so much to get our kings or our black brothers' attention. So I'm going to put this to all the black brothers that's on the platform. First of all, did it get your attention the way they was trying to? And why does your sisters have to go to that extent to get attention? Alright, well, I'll go first. You can see that I did not like any of the Instagram pictures, so I think I'm safe. Uh, <laughs> I would say, though, um, some of the fellas that I spoke to were more intrigued about the PSA. Um, I have to admit, the people that I run with normally vote or they don't vote with an excellent reason. So I don't think this would have changed their their decision. But I, I really can't say that I run with a crowd. You know, I don't, I really don't spend time with men who necessarily spend a lot of time in the strip clubs. I, I just don't even, there was a time I did, I don't anymore. Um, Sean, did it make, would it make you want to go to the poll? <laughs> would it make you want to go vote? <laughs> that didn't make me want to go to either poll. I'm just going to be saying, but my right well she the one she showed it to both of us right but but I, I did go to the poll that poll the strip poll before and I did go after so but again it wasn't as someone says not designed for me right right so okay. I don't know all right I don't know all right brother Bashiri um yeah your wife is is watching obviously she's calling in and tell you what to say <laughs> Brother Bashiri, man, with with this uh, initiative, you you normally don't vote. Are you more likely to vote after seeing, you know, seeing seeing this PSA? I'm, I'm inclined to say no, only because I'm probably I'm probably jaded with respect to uh, the system as such, man. I when I looked at it, I thought. I thought it was a joke. Like I'm like, oh, they they really playing us. They really like my sister um, Phoenix is saying like, why is it why is it that we have to be exploited, right, or we have to be fetishized sexually uh, in order be, in order to be appealed to to participate in the system? Now I can't I can't remember my sister Dilo. I, I agree with her where she says it's an unfair assumption to assume that our sisters who are on the polls are not politically savvy. I agree with that. Um, however, I think that overall in terms of um, how we associate certain images with certain messages for certain demographics in our community is telling. Um, because I'm not sure they would speak to another ethnic group quite the same way uh, with respect to trying to get them to participate in policies. As a matter of fact, I don't know, just in general, um, if other ethnic groups um, devote the same energy or the same intention to getting out there to the polls 
anyway or in general because i think for them they've understood the real power is in uh getting a economic or industrious niche getting your finances together for your group then when you come to the table to talk policy it's not about voting it's about giving directives about what you need to do with respect to um our monies right and the influence that we have as such and if you can't or if you if you don't move according to uh our dictates on the basis of our influence per our economic prowess well then we're going to shake something up whereas with us i don't know that we have um a focus on stabilizing the integrity of our internal markets and so we don't come to the table with power we come panhandling and asking you know what i mean and we don't really make any real inroads either to um participate in any meaningful or substantive sense in the system or to um overturn it you know what i mean and so for me that that's the broader you know what i'm saying um uh implication of what i'm seeing here with this specific get the booty to the polls like okay why well, be focused on this fetishized kind of presentation to insult both the intellect of our people and then try to again capitalize off of uh our cultural mores you know what bro i think it's fly how you use a thesaurus and then you say nami <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> I love it, bro. Word, you, word. That's man. what's up. I'm glad you caught that, man, too. That's what's up. I want to hear from my sister, man, because she, she really... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what I appreciated about what she brought, Sister Dilo, is that she brought tension. You know what I mean? And I think it's in the tension that we really develop a more precise um, scope and perspective of the issue, and I really want to hear uh, some of her thoughts, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so we're gonna let D Lo get the last word on this particular topic. D Lo, I hope you uh <laughs> have some words left to use. <laughs> well, it's really it's really cool hearing um, other perspectives, um, especially from people that are representing such like diverse aspects of our community at large because at the end of the day we're diverse um my questions i just have questions y'all i come with the questions what is not economically mobilizing about this right strippers strip club strip club anthem boom 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 here we are right like i just think seiko what you brought up earlier with my generation we're not really here for the respectability politics anymore um, we're not here for the white respectability politics. We're not here for that being internalized and being honed and owned by black people. We're not here for it anymore. So I just think that there's this assumption going on <laughs> that this is something that was extra for them to do. That this wasn't who they are as, as a people, as who they are. That as we are as human beings at our most basic primal form is sexual beings. If you take all this socialness out, (laughs) if you take all of these politics out, you were born as a result from a man and a woman coming together. And that's on period. So I think that we as a community have to stop looking at, there's only one way to get people to vote. This isn't the right way. 
this is I don't want my I don't want my daughter to see that. I don't want somebody to aspire to grow up to to think that that's okay. I don't want X, Y, Z, because that's a lot of the conversations that I'm hearing going on, even like within my own family, within my own peers and scholars that I'm with. And I'm just sitting here like, but are we not replicating the same type of divisive thinking of that somebody doesn't have the right to show their body and to have a message with that? Unless a man is telling them to do that, unless a white person is telling them to do that. That's my question. So what about this was exploiting themselves? Like, it's not normalized to be sexual anymore. So when we normalize sexuality, we don't have to look at this as exploitation anymore. I'm like, that's where my thinking is at. That is where my thinking is going to. When you normalize sexuality, when you take out this rape culture and this gender bias that women shouldn't have to do such and such, who said that they have to do such and such? If they want to do this, cool. So when we normalize sexuality, we don't have to look at things as exploitation or fetishizing it. This is how things were way, way, way back when. Clothing, I say this all the time and people laugh at me. Clothing is a social construction. Clothing is a social construction. Having to go outside and be fully clothed and covered up, that is something that we have developed socially over time and it shocks us and scares us to see people naked especially a black woman who we have told via centuries what to do with her body when to cover it up and when to take the clothes off so i am here if they want to shake their booties to get the booties and the people to the pole shake the booties wop 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 and that's all that's all i have to say all right. Well, in several, questions, right. um, in several questions you put out there that I would like to answer on. Uh, first of all, because I do have a daughter. Uh, second of all, I made sure she was the first person to see this video. Third, my daughter's gift is dancing. God gave her that gift from birth. So I support any type of dancing. And to actually really say how I really support my black sisters in dancing is I actually had a business that I owned and started that actually took black women and all sorts of women because it was a business where I had an escorting business. So I'm the first one. If it's by choice, I will support anything, especially I feel like that everything God has given any woman a special gift. Some women has the gift in dance. I'm not taking that away from any of my queens. Whatever you choose to do with your body, as long as it's by choice, I'm the first one to support you and help you pull out that gift that you have inside. But what I was asking or what I'm looking at is where it comes in comparison and where it's like, okay, they take that image of a black woman with the big booty, this size breast, and now they put that as that's how, that's what beauty is. So now if you get a black sister or you get an African-American sister, they don't have that. You know, now she's having some insecurities because we've now put in front of her that this is what beauty is. So this is where I come to the defense of my queens because sometimes our kings and our brothers do make us feel that way. That, hey, this is what beauty looks like. This is what gets our attention. 
And if you're not that type of woman that does that, now you're making that woman who's not that way feel like that she has to be that way just to get the attention or just to get a man. So that's what I'm speaking of. Not the ones who's doing it by choice, but the ones that now starts to feel insecure because they're not that way. Now they feel like they have to go that way just to draw the attention of their king or the brothers. So that's what I be speaking on because I've seen it from both sides. And I respect it from both sides. And I support it from both sides. Interesting. 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 I, it looks like we can go all night on this topic is uh Deloren yeah. and Bashiri. <laughs> and now we got Queenie Phoenix started. Um the second part of our conversation tonight is dealing with voting as well. You know, we're dealing with it's bigger than Biden or Trump. You know, we have more choices than just Biden or Trump. And a lot of us are just kind of looking at it like I'm either voting for Biden or I'm voting for Trump. Or, you know, some of this saying I'm voting for Kamala Harris or Trump. Um, Did you know about Joe Jorgensen, who is the candidate of choice for the Libertarians? And I know that those of us who were on the platform, you know, last week, we learned about the independent candidate, Jade Simmons. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, Queen Phoenix, I know you had a chance to look at some of Jade's stuff. You were the last one talking. We'll let you start off. Um, what are your thoughts? Is it, it, are we wasting our vote if we vote for either Joe Jorgensen or Jade Simmons? Are we leaving a message? You know, what are your thoughts? Okay, my thoughts in all of this, and it goes back to one of the statements. uh, I'm going to go back up to Mark White when he said, can we come together? And so when it was first brought to my attention in regards to us having an African-American female running for uh, president, and she's been campaigning ever since the beginning of the year, my first question in my head with all these African platforms and all these things that we're doing, how come none of us had it on our platform? That is one way that we can come together. You know, we talk, always talk about economics. Yes, economics will get you to be able to sit down at the table, but me and the king believes that I don't want to have a seat at the table. I want to build my own table, therefore I'm guaranteed a seat. And I'm looking at it the way that we do this, even if you don't, you know, most of the time we feel like we have to do a choice, either, you know, Trump or Ebinum. But I'm like this, the more votes that we can even get over to Jade, it will give her credibility. And once we start getting that credibility, now we can have what we're building our table. We can have that one on one conversation about the things that we want to start pushing, which is now getting things on an even playing field, because you can't talk about helping everybody when you still have a group of people that is below the, the average level. So it's like, hey, we're already below the line. And now you say, I want to help everybody, even if you help everybody. And to give you a prime example of that, if you look at me and Seiko and I have $10,000 and Seiko has 20, and then you come in and you give both of us $50,000, Seiko is still ahead of me and I'm still below that line. 
So what the first thing we need to talk about is getting an even platform. And the only way we're going to do that is by coming together as a people. We have to realize how strong we are as a community. We have to go back to how strong our ancestors were. They were powerful. Think about when they boycotted the bus system. When you start messing with people's pockets, that's when you get hurt. When you start saying, hey, I'm not going to sit up here and give my wealth or my resources to all other communities. I'm going to make sure that my community have it first. Think about it, guys, because I'm saying if you understand your history, we have 35,000 millionaires, African-American millionaires, African-Americans by themselves spend over, over billions of dollars a year and less than 1% of African-American businesses are getting that revenue. That says a lot, that says that we have the money. The question is, what are we doing with it? And if we start right. supporting our people, just a little, it gives them that credibility. Okay, okay. Well, Brother Bashiri, what are your thoughts, man? Did you know about the uh, libertarian Joe Jurgensen? Uh, hopefully you know about Jade Simmons. You know, what are your thoughts, man? Are these people that we can credibly place our resources with in terms of our votes? You know, what should we be doing about them? Are we wasting our votes if we go with them? You know, tell me what your thoughts are in regards to uh, Joe Jorgensen and Jade Simmons. Okay, um, real quick, I, I just got to close up the last topic. When I was thinking about um, the strip culture and I was thinking about it in the broader framework of entertainment and often um, in our community we get into these kind of escapist modalities. Entertainment is one, um, drug use is one, um, sometimes we get hyper-focused on career and it helps us to, to kind of... Get out of the space of confrontation to remedy what's really uh, the issue in our communities, right? If I can sing the song and, you know, we did it like even in the plantation, when you think of the spiritual or even religion, you know, that might be controversial for some people, but you can even think of uh, those modalities of uh, human ingenuity in a sense to get through a difficult time allows you to kind of shoulder uh, pain or suffering, you know, in a way that you can get through it. So you escape. Okay. It, right? Are you saying so that. My uh, sister was talking about. Oh, oh, well, hold on. When my sister was talking about choices and things of that sort, it's interesting if you. If you think of a lot of the escapist modalities and you correlate it with drug use, you feel the freest when you're under the most heaviest influence of the drug. So you you think you're making a free choice. You think you're utilizing your will, but that's when actually the whammy is really working. It's at its highest um, functioning capacity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you're not really making uh, <laughs> deliberate choices, so to speak. You're just under the influence of whatever escape mechanism that you're employing, right? So that's that on that. Okay, I professor, I, I'm going to leave that alone. But in, right, terms, in terms of voting, in terms of voting and independent candidates, um, I don't know. I think our resources, I think our energies could be otherwise engaged, and it would be uh, to our benefit. 
to focus our intentions and our energies. For me, I'm a broken record. It's the economics. It's the money. It's you know, it's the aggregating of our resources. You know what I mean? Um, it's creating those niche industries. Okay, so let's go back to what my sister was. My sister Dilo was saying. Like she asked the question. Like you know, how is the stripping culture not a viable uh, inroad to a niche industry? Of course, it can't be. What I'm saying is, more often than not, we're the talent, but we don't get to we don't get to uh, manage, we don't get to own, we don't get to organize. You know what I mean? The shit. Yeah. The shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll go off. I'm sorry. My back, Seiko. I'm sorry. A lot hit my mind. Hey man, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's just a D-Lo. Yeah, because Mark said he's way off. Yo, he, yo, you've been thinking about the strippers, and now you off in the. <laughs> no, no, what I what I see is crazy. I, I don't mind. No, no, it's all good. I just see it's how they are connected and how they inform each other. But anyway, Sister D Lo, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, D Lo, what are your thoughts? What 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 are your thoughts? And don't talk about strippers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, so me and American democracy don't get along. <laughs> so my thoughts, um, the question is, would it be a wasted vote if we voted for one of these two Candidates, I don't think any vote is a wasted vote because a vote is a vote. Um, I just don't think the voting system is fair. I think that I think that we would be better off mobilizing and putting somebody forward. Um, somebody that is transformative, somebody that has more of a radical agenda to really deconstruct what we have um, I think we always wait for somebody to pop up to vote for instead of saying hey we think this person can do it and put them forward to represent us or push them up mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what I think about the whole voting and then I also think when people do come come forward with transformative ideas we're really quick to slap them down as well when it doesn't fit into what we're comfortable with which is a result of the system and how we've been socialized um, so I don't think any vote is a wasted vote. I also don't think that, um, and I get a lot of resistance on this. I don't think that not voting is a waste of a vote. I think that's a way, a form of resistance that a lot of people, especially younger people use. Um, and I think not voting, we, people say, if you don't say something that is saying something, right? So you see those numbers of the people that are eligible to vote, vote that have the economic background to go to the polls and they have that access and they don't do something with that vote, I also think that that's saying something. Um, I think it's showing us that we're not willing to participate and just turn the other cheek with this governmental system anymore, especially Gen Z and whatever the name of the generation is post-COVID coming up. Um, they're not down for that. <laughs> so... Uh, I, don't think, okay. I don't think any vote is a waste of vote. I also don't think that not voting is a waste of a vote. And yeah, I just think we need to get to the point where we're putting somebody forward instead of waiting on somebody. Because I think people are really happy that I think people 
were upset with the auctions and then Kamala Harris was on the ticket and everybody just said yay black woman right and I'm just like <laughs> and I'm no shade to her but what about this ticket is revolutionary what about this ticket doesn't reflect all the other all the other people that we've had in office before what about this ticket isn't exploitation or fetishizing and p- p- picking a black woman and putting her in a place just to move your your pedestal up, Joe Biden, right? What about this ticket is something that we haven't seen before? So let's stop waiting on who the Democratic Party has. Why isn't there the, the black voting party? Why hasn't that been created yet? You know? So... Uh, it has. It has. it has. Okay. Well, we need to get it some has. more momentum behind it because I'm tired of these stale options. <laughs> That's so sad. We need to get more word out about it. If it's created, then how come my community don't know about it? Well, um, we got to get some voice out there. Um, I think see. our community is just is so divided. I really think our community is divided, and it's really hard for us to come together. I think we're really focused on coming together as one big group, but there's so many different views within the Black community that it would be stronger if we had those subgroups come together. Like, okay, if you're a black conservative, come together. If you're a black liberal, come together. And then we can bring that together. I think we really just try to bring everybody together and assume that they'll have the same interests as long as they're black, which is not true. Um, I just think that things have gotten so far that it's, it's hard for us to even conceptualize how to mobilize that. Um, and then harder to do it because we haven't been socialized to do that. So it's really about getting, you know, to those grassroots people, um, the people that are really out here working the nine to five and don't really have time to digest what's on the news 24 seven and sit there and have intellectual conversations about it. Like, I don't blame people anymore for not being I don't want to say that people shouldn't be informed, but I don't blame people for not being at a level of informed that we always want people to be at, Um, because at the end of the day, I have. After seeing COVID and everything, I've just realized how hard it is for people to survive on the deal. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, I want to take this time and thank Jermel Mathis for his into our great conversation. Thank you, Jamel. Um, yeah, Antoine says, yes, subgroups. And he also says, thank you, Sister D-Lo. I want to take this moment before I let King Phoenix tap in with his position. Tap, tap, tap in to uh, bring about my conversation about the empowerment agenda. And so I've been talking about this recently and the empowerment agenda is an approach for deeper empowerment and improvement for us. And I focus on three areas, those of us who cannot vote. And I think unfortunately, a lot of us don't even talk about those who cannot vote. So right now you're hearing a lot of people say, vote, 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 vote. But if you can't vote, then you're left out of the conversation. And I think we do a disservice to ourselves because we have a number, it may not be a significant number, or it might be a significant number who cannot vote, but we're doing a disservice when we don't include them in our conversations. Then we have a subgroup who will not vote. Um, Bashiri's part of that. And then those of us who will vote. And so I want to salute C the guy when he did something very not really revolutionary. You know, we've been waiting for C the guy to wake up for for years, but he did nicely. You know, when he had, uh, you know, Brother Joe Biden on and he asked him for tangibles. You know, we've been saying no tangibles, 
no vote. Uh, Sister Regina, thank you for saying that. No tangibles, no vote. You know, you have to do something tangible. You have to earn our vote. And Joe flipped. He was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. All right. All right. So when it comes down to those who cannot vote, these are the strategies I implore you to get involved in. The last one I think is super important, research and report candidates and seated politicians. Do the research because some of us are unable or unwilling or whatever, so we don't have the research. We didn't know about Jade Simmons. Some of us didn't know about Joe Jorgensen, but more importantly, we didn't know about Jade Simmons. So we need those of us who cannot vote, do these strategies I have on the screen. And you know, those who, will not vote you know you might consider getting registered to vote anyway because if you're registered and you're absent it makes a bigger message you know sister Dilo was talking about you know when you don't say something it says something and it says a lot more when you're registered to vote and you don't vote or you might consider writing in reparations instead of choosing a candidate you know that's something that you can do uh and if you're one of the people who are party voters you know, reach out to your Dem or your Independent, your Green Party, your Libertarian, Republican, your Red, Black, and Green Party. Making sure they're aware of your agenda-based concerns. If they don't respond, I think that says enough. Should you rock with somebody who's not rocking with you? And then those of people like me, I reach out to all the candidates. I tell them what my demands are. And I make it clear that if you want my support, my resources, you have to support my agenda in part or in whole. And, you know, I had a conversation with somebody today who's on the uh, Dem ticket. Uh, not He's not on the ticket. He's actually one of their supporters. And when I shared with him what the three concerns are that I'm voting on, he tried to switch and talk to me about health care. I said, no, bro, that wasn't my concern. <laughs> that wasn't one of my concerns. And it's unfortunate that under President Barack Obama, we, our concerns were ignored. Our big three concerns were ignored. Uh, under President Trump, they've been ignored. And now the candidates who want our vote are still ignoring our concerns. So, uh, Brother King Phoenix is bigger than Biden or Trump. What are your thoughts when you find out about a libertarian Joe Jurgensen or independent Jade Simmons? Well, Seiko, first thing, you have to understand the political realms and what they're doing. It's very important for every political person that come in that they're getting a vote. A vote do count for something, right? If you're not, if you're not voting and, and let me put it this way of the protest vote of not voting, which is fine. I mean, I do understand that, but it, you're, you're, you're not putting any uh, validity on any particular person. If you feel no one's, no one's have any, no one's speaking to you. I do understand that. And I get, get your point. Like it's better to, uh, register because you're showing that there's absences, uh, absences of, vi- of voting and there's that's saying something to the, um, the, the politics involved, right? Now, here's, here's the thing. In my opinion, I go, I, go, I don't mind being out there. First thing uh, is this is the thing with, um, a protest vote or something. And I remember it's something you said, you know, writing reparations or something like that. Now, my thing would be if you like this one, of these candidates that's not going to win, you're better to vote for that person than writing in something like that. That's not a particular person because every time someone gets a vote, it brings validity to their, um, to their platform. 
Now, and that is a key of, of movement. If you write in a name that's, that doesn't have any, uh, um, uh, not any structure to it, you're not bringing any more validity to that group because no one is going to say, Oh, reparations got 14 votes this year. It's not, it's not going to happen or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? But a person that is going to get that recognition of how many votes that going to create uh, momentum and the Liberian Party liber- uh, uh, is, is a key of that because now they're all across America with their with their candidate, right? Regardless of they go at each time they they pull in more money every single year, right? And just uh, as uh, Brother Berseri was talking about, this is a is well this particular industry where where we at is about money. You have to have a political machine that creates. And creates a, a, a um, economic uh, strength. And if and now I'm not saying to vote for Jada Simmons or any uh, any of that. I, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to find out a little bit more details on the things that she uh, likes and don't like, but I, I couldn't find too much of that. So the point is, though, if you find a candidate that you like, it's better to put something on the vote on that because it's going to move the needle a little bit to where you want to go. Uh, so, I mean, it's great to have independence. I was, I was an independent party person when I first, when I was, uh, uh, my sister age, right? The, um, D, uh, when I was her age and felt, uh, you know, uh, that part, I mean, she, you know, but I, I was that, I was that person. Actually, I was going to run. I, I all that stuff. I, I, I get that. And, and that's great because revolutions always start with the young. Um, it, it, re- catch this revolutions always start with the young so revolutions have to happen with that you have to be radical you have to get out there you move it because the further you get in age you get bring more wisdom and we are supposed to bring wealth and, and, and thought patterns to that so the rev- so they could get out there and do something but there's the thing we have not organized anything to really have someone to be truly backed in my opinion, at least in this area, and we need to do that. We need to have something. And, and, and by the way, running for president is just something to create a little attention. But here locally, how about your local state government? Who's who's your sheriff? Who your freaking um? Who's commanding when you put the dang on garbage out each week? You know what? Those laws affect you each time. And as uh, Queen Fiend said last week. That, that and what you said, Psycho. So many of our brothers, and especially brothers by sisters too, get caught up in the legal system and lose their right to vote. Guess what? That's key, also, right? And but all these things is, is, is for this particular election. You do have some leverage because here's the thing: some of the things that is important to you, like police brutality, some other groups believe that too. And if you and and who you vote for. Or not, or whatever, right? Either, like, if, if you get a stick up your head and, and, and beat, uh, and, and let me change that. If white supremacy is just running and t- lynching people and for three to something years, because they're doing that now, right? I mean, what happened in Charlottesville? Can that happen even greater? Yes, it can. Can police reform be changed or not changed because of who you pick? Because of who, who is paying the money to check to their candidate? Because those things are are on the table to change, and some of our states have already changed it, right? So the thing is, are we going to put people in power to make some of those things that will win for us? Right now, let me be honest, we don't have enough power to make anything move by itself yet. 
That's where we Ooh, have to make I decisions. I and, and just be honest, we don't have it. Disagree, so we have bro. to understand that, hey, if we're going to make a stand for something, we have a stand for a group of people that are running in the same po- mo- motion. There's white people right now that get shot with rubber bullets, getting hit with police officers. Do you understand that? And they don't want that police, mm-hmm. o- don't want that to happen no more. The wrong person in the presidency, that would go away. And they're going to police state, this police state going to come to another level. But this is a decision, right? You could protest it. Or, and say, hey, well, he does. He he does. You know, he's a racist too. I get it. But one racist will co- will continue to move. And let's be true. One racist will continue to move in directions that we want certain things to happen. And one racist won't. And has to turn it to another level because he knows who he going to vote for. He want the poll white boys or whatever their name is, and the and the he want them vote. He knows that you can't get our vote. Okay. So here, here's All the right. thing. Right, so we have to understand that. Just be clear clear of that, right? And and with that, organizing (laughs) together. All right. Uh, I mean, I didn't use a lot of dictionary words, but I'm my brother. But I'm just saying, (laughs) right? We need (laughs) we need. I'm passionate about that. We need to go that, and then we need to organize to create that black pack. I'm I'm going, and brother, we know we're gonna work on that. Next four years is gonna change. We're gonna be doing something. We could be whatever because it's gonna happen because we have too much money. And there's too much people who have common sense. And see, that's the same thing. Like the sister said, hey, we could get, I, I love it. Yeah, get the polar, the dancing on the pole. Hey, I could tell you, you know what? Get better reparations for your dancing. If you come with me, I can help you vote, right? Hell yeah. Guess what? They would do something. You understand me? You feel me? Right? right because they have problems too. They have problems too. I'm going to leave it right there. Hey, well, I simply want to say uh, I, I appreciate your measure, good brother King Phoenix. Um, but I think we underestimate our power. We underestimate our power, uh, and our elders do it. I can't, I can't say that, I, I, bro, I, I love you. I'm gonna let you go. And that's the reason. That's the reason why you know Bashiri can take his stance, and that's why D'Lo has beautifully, eloquently stated her positions and said, "Y'all on some other stuff that we left behind," because. We have the power to make things change. And if you look at what's happened within the last seven, what what month is this? This is October. So in the last six months, there's been more substantial change politically than in the last 37 years. And that wasn't because we didn't have power. We had enough power that our white brothers and sisters are out there getting hit by rubber bullets as well. And they were there before in the sixties, but they weren't there in the same numbers. It's because it was home from COVID. Let me do this. Let me do this. Whatever, whatever the reason, yo, whatever the reason, we are more empowered than we believe. And I want to let the you know Bashiri and D'Lo had the last words on this one. Um, I'm gonna let them have the last words on this one because we want to bring this to a close. Um, After having this conversation. What is the thing that you're going to share with other people? Uh, we'll start with Brother Bashiri and we'll end with a new platformer. I'm happy about this, y'all. Uh, D-Lo. Um, so, Brother Bashiri, and you know, we do have a couple of questions. Um, do black lives... Okay. Um, <laughs> we have segregated power. All right. That's cool. Um, Brother Bashiri went dark, so I don't know if he's getting himself in a... Be- okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. That didn't come out right. I think that didn't come out right when I said you went dark, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you went melanated. So good, man. You went melanated. 
Right, right, right. With Melanie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go ahead, Bashiri, man. Your last measure, man. After this conversation, what are you going to share with people? I'm just going to share that we have more power than we think we have. We just got to aggregate our uh, internal um, and immaterial ingenuity and spiritual capital uh, oriented towards a collective interest towards economic liberation. And um, whether we vote or not or, or not vote is really irrelevant because a lot of times um, particularly for this election, I know how important local politics are, is. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm just completely askew when it comes to the relevance of local politics. I get that. I'm just saying with the um, the presidential election, and a lot of it is just distraction. You know what I mean? I think if we just stay focused, I think if we maintain our um, hermeneutic of suspicion, like my sister Dilo was saying, don't trust all these things. Um, respectability politics, whatever strike, nah, we, we gotta move beyond that because it's about doing what's right and appropriate for our collective interests and the health and the wholeness of our communities, our families, etc. So I think I'm gonna tell people um, to remain inquisitive and to remain suspicious and to pull at the thread and to read widely and just don't believe somebody um, who's in authority is giving you the full scope of how whatever information they're disclosing um, impacts you. And it, it's, it's a matter of survival. I'll, I'll say this and I'll, and I'll, and I'll be quiet. Um, racism, it's important to strip it from its emotional preoccupations. I said it last week and I'll say it again. Uh, because then we can, from a point of logic, be critically reflective and strategize how to neutralize it. You see what I mean? So it's it's not just about which racist is doing the least racist things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's okay. We understand that racism is employed as a economic enterprise to procure vital life resources over and against um, the capacity or the capability or the cultivation of the possibility of a target population to compete, right? Over against or within the framework or paradigm of scarcity. When we understand that and we stop reacting emotionally towards the vitriol or towards the policies, then we can think. And then from a thinking position, um, we can out-strategize and out-plan our enemies. And it's important for us to realize we have enemies. You know, just because people are singing our songs or marching or saying our lives matter, that don't necessarily mean uh, that they are part and parcel of what we need to do for ourselves. My thing is this. We need to develop self-autonomy. We need to, to, to develop self-definition, right? And we need to develop self-reliance as a group. Now, no, we're not monolithic as a group here, but for for the things that concern us, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. We we don't get attacked because um, we fall within the purview of certain fault lines or fracturings that cause us to be divided. You know why we get attacked? You know what I mean? Because if we were ever unified, nobody could be able to contend with us. So it's like you know, 
if we could set aside whatever divides us for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, and we can divorce ourselves emotionally and use some some logic, man. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Sister Dilo, uh, who and Bashiri, he talks like he's at work all the time. You know, while we're in our workspaces, we may use a more framework vocabulary and nuanced approach to speaking. But when we're chilling, <laughs> but Bashiri talks like he's at work all the time. And I love it, brother. I love it, brother. Uh, Sister D-Lo, <laughs> what's the last word, girl? Are we wrapping up completely? <laughs> For this conversation, yes. Yes. Okay. I would say um, if I ended on anything, it would be focused on on life. Literally being um, focusing on eating more healthily, focusing on seeing mental health professionals to help you process and um, unlearning the things that we have been told are weakening to us or make us look bad to other people I think that if we could just focus on taking care of ourselves and doing some unlearning for ourselves that we could be on a much better pathway Um, I think it's really hard for us to even mobilize large scale when we haven't been able to large scale mobilize on the most basic things um like building our own schools across the nation, like having our own food programs to make sure that people receive three meals a day across the nation, like building black neighborhoods and building up um, a black wall street of some sorts. Like we have to really just focus on (laughs) the small things of just living. I feel and everything else is say la vie. Like, I'm not worried about white people and what they're doing and convincing them that racism exists. I'm worried about making myself my best so I can influence generations after me to do the same. Um, because I think we spend a lot of time on them, them, them. If we just did X, Y, Z, what if we really just focused on living life in its simplest form and just being happy? Interesting, interesting. So that was the Mamba Titi, the Mamba Titi, also known as D-Lo, DeLauren. Hey, we really appreciate having you on the platform tonight. Salute to you on that. Man, I hope, hope you had a great time. I hope you come back. I really hope Y'all you Y'all are lit. Back. I'll be back for more. <laughs> All right. And uh, Queen and King Phoenix, um, any any talk about your podcast as we close up for today? Anything you're working on? Do you guys want to say anything? Yeah, just want to tell people to the flame up because it is time for us to flame up and that's just encouraging everyone to find that inner spark. Uh, it's kind of like what Dilo said earlier. It's about your choice. It's about bringing the best you forward and my podcast is all about inspiring, uplifting and pulling best you out. What flaming up is all about is actually finding that fire, that deep down desire that you had inside that burning desire and really now bringing it out 
So I want to let people know your past does not have to be who you are. Your past is something that you need to release. Your present right now is the present that you have right now that if you make a choice, whatever you do right now can transform your future. So that's what our podcast is all about, is to really show people how to get their voice back if it was taken from them. And if you have a voice, to know how to use it, because I definitely believe our people are more stronger than what they do. So tune into our podcast, and what I say is frame up with Queen Fee, blaze a trail path for others to follow us. All right, and uh, back again on the platform is Good Brother Bashiri. Um, you just launched your podcast, so do you want to say a few words about your podcast, Good Brother? Yeah, um, it's going to be conversation again, um, critical reflection on matters that are important to melanated um, the melanated community, and that's it. You know what I mean? Let's let's get the bag, let's get the money, let's do it uh, with love, peace, and confrontation. And that's it. I'm not even going to be long-winded. I love you guys. <laughs> and we love you back. Also, we want to say thank you again to Brother Mathis. He said great conversations. Okay, good stuff. Antoine said, um, just like we show up to a job interview with a resume, we need to show up to a politician who's being interviewed by us with our own written out agenda statements to them. I shade to that. Um, as a matter of fact, I just did that with the Hampton Roads Black Caucus. We interviewed the seated, I'm sorry, we interviewed the candidates for school board, city council, and for the mayoral races in Virginia Beach, Suffolk, and Portsmouth, Virginia. And uh, we just endorsed, actually we're in the process of endorsing them as well. I did the same thing with the Virginia Beach AAPAC, and we sat down with all the candidates uh, aforementioned and uh, we'll be passing out our endorsements for them very soon. So, yeah, it's important that you get involved. It's bigger than just voting. It's bigger than just voting. It's bigger than just voting. We want to thank you again for checking out the Fly Guy Show. Get on code, the Fly Guy Show. I'm your friend in financial freedom, Seiko Varner. Stay fly, 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 stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay fly.